Listener Production. Your Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Thursday, the 4th of March. There are calls this morning for an independent inquiry after the senior minister at the Centre of Historical Rape Allegations broke his silence. Attorney-General Christian Porter held a news conference yesterday afternoon saying the alleged sexual assault in 1988 did not happen and he is innocent. I can say categorically that what has been put in various forms in allegations simply did not happen. Mr Porter says he knew the woman for a brief period of time through debating competitions when he was 17. The minister says he's tried to respect the process and the law by waiting to comment until police had concluded their investigation. While I have followed the rules and stayed silent, I have been subject to the most wild, intense, unrestrained series of accusations that I can remember in modern Australian politics. Maybe that's the new normal. I hope for everyone's sake it's not. Mr Porter says he will not be stepping down but will be taking a short period of leave to address his mental health. Meantime, calls are growing for the Prime Minister to launch an independent inquiry. Former barrister and independent MP Zali Stegall telling the ABC the public deserves answers. I think the Prime Minister should call for an independent investigation into these allegations by a retired prominent judge, for example, to really ensure and and find what is the case around these allegations so that then we can know whether there is in fact a case to answer by the Attorney-General. Meantime, more trouble for the embattled federal government with Defence Minister Linda Reynolds under fire again this morning. Ms Reynolds, who has been criticised for her handling of the Brittany Higgins rape allegations, is now being accused of calling the alleged victim a lying cow. Several staff members reportedly overheard the minister using the phrase, but Ms Reynolds has released a statement saying, quote, I have never questioned Ms Higgins' account of her alleged sexual assault, I did, however, comment on news reports regarding surrounding circumstances that I felt had been misrepresented. The Minister is currently on medical leave. And Australian of the Year Grace Tame has made a very powerful speech at the National Press Club in Canberra calling for change for sexual assault survivors. The 26-year-old says we must continue to speak out about child sexual abuse in order to prevent it. She also addressed the recent rape allegations which have rocked Parliament House. Grace had this reply when asked about the Prime Minister's response to the Brittany Higgins rape allegations. When the Prime Minister responded to these first set of allegations, he used the phrase, as a father, um, and he said he had to have a chat with his wife, Jenny, before he was able to you know, front the media and speak. What do you make of that and what do you make of the rhetoric and the way he's handled those allegations? It shouldn't take having children to have a conscience. And actually, on top of that, having children doesn't guarantee a conscience. In other news this morning, latest figures show the Australian economy is continuing to recover from the COVID pandemic. Federal Treasurer Josh Frydenberg says GDP has grown 3.1% in the December quarter. The job is not done. There are challenges ahead, but you wouldn't want to be in any other country but Australia as we begin 2021. And we'll have more on this story coming up shortly in Business and Finance with Peter Switzer. 
And the Victorian Premier has confirmed music icon Michael Godinsky will be honoured with a state funeral. The promoter and record boss, who was a driving force in the Australian music scene for decades, passed away on Monday night at the age of 68. Here's the Premier, Daniel Andrews. It'll be a celebration of his life. The details will be finalised in coming days. Uh, but I think it's fair to say that uh, it's got to be COVID safe, of course. Uh, but I think we'll be able to come together in an iconic venue and we'll be able to celebrate his life and the mark that he made and the legacy he leaves. And in breaking news this morning, Buckingham Palace has announced it will investigate damning allegations of bullying by former staff of the Duke and Duchess of Sussex. In a statement, it says, quote, We are very concerned about the allegations and the royal household has had a dignity at work policy in place for a number of years and does not and will not tolerate bullying or harassment in the workplace. The bombshell announcement comes just days before Harry and Meghan's much-anticipated tell-all interview with Oprah. Now for a look at what else is making news around the country this Thursday morning. Firstly to Queensland. And a new Russian variant of COVID-19 has been detected in the state's hotel quarantine system. Our Brisbane reporter Amy Drew has the details. Yeah, Taj. So the strain has been connected to passengers on a Qatar Airways flight from Doha that landed in Brisbane on February 17. The group of 74 were due to be released from hotel quarantine yesterday, but health officials have moved to extend their stay for a further five days as additional testing is done. At least two passengers have tested positive for the strain so far. Genomic testing on a third is underway. The flight also can continued on to New Zealand after landing in Brisbane. Authorities over there are investigating a fourth person who has since tested positive. Little is known about this Russian variant and while Queensland health officials say they don't consider it to be an urgent concern, they're remaining cautious while they learn more about its incubation period and transmissibility. To New South Wales now and Premier Gladys Berejiklian is calling for an overhaul on how we handle the COVID crisis as the vaccination program continues to roll out across the country. Our reporter Siobhan Caulfield is in Sydney with more. Yeah, Tash calls for a shake-up in the way we manage coronavirus here in Australia as the vaccine rollout picks up the pace. Our state's Premier Gladys Berejiklian is calling for us to treat it more like the flu and something we have to learn to live with. The Premier is set to raise the issue at this week's National Cabinet meeting, suggesting the possibility of ending the daily infection updates. Speaking to the Oz, she says our success should no longer be measured by the number of cases we have, but by keeping people out of hospital. She says some people who get the vaccine will still get the virus, but a successful outcome is a mild case. And the Victorian government is under fire for how much money it has spent on promoting its premier during the pandemic. Our reporter, James Lake, has the details from Melbourne. Thank you, Tash. Yeah, this one might get some people pretty riled up today, but it's been revealed the Victorian government has spent nearly $800,000 on Facebook advertising to promote Premier Dan Andrews. Now, the bills come to around $3,000 a week for the past five years, with Andrews now the most popular Aussie politician on the site. He has even more followers than Scott Morrison, and the state opposition has slammed the spending just to buy likes. The government's only reply is that Facebook ads make up just a small portion of its advertising budget. 
now for the latest in business and finance news this morning, we are joined by Peter Switzer from switzerreport.com.au. Peter, good morning. As we reported earlier, gosh, the Aussie economy is doing incredibly well. Yeah, the Aussie economy grew by a huge 3.1% in the December quarter of 2020, which beat expectations of a 2.5% lift. Now, strong quarterly growth rates over the past two quarters are making up for the big 7% drop in GDP in the June quarter last year because of the coronavirus and lockdowns that followed. Now, the September quarter showed growth of 3.4%, making the six months growth of the economy the biggest surge in economic activity since quarterly records have been kept in 1959. For the whole year, our economy contracted by 2.5%, but you can blame that on the huge 7% drop in the June quarter, which was the worst since the Great Depression. This V-shaped bounce back of our economy is one of the best in the world. Yeah, we're doing so well on the international stage. Also today, Peter in business and finance, uh, the chairman of big mining giant Rio Tinto is gone. Yeah, early in 2020, Rio Tinto had to apologise for blowing up 46,000-year-old Aboriginal caves in Western Australia, dating back to the last Ice Age. Artefacts found there include a 4,000-year-old belt made from human hair. Then in September last year, shareholders successfully blasted three of the miners' most senior executives, including the company's CEO, out of their job. But the SMH has revealed that those Aussie shareholders now have kicked the chairman, the UK-based Simon Thompson, out of the company. Officially, he resigned, but his exit shows that big multinational companies and their often ego-inflated executives and directors are more accountable in the age of activist shareholders. Good to see, Peter. The US stocks again are down on the concerns that rising interest rates are coming. This is really interesting. What effect is it going to have on our stock market? Yeah, well, Wall Street struggled with rising interest rates in the bond market overnight, which is defying the goals of central banks, including our own reserve bank, to keep interest rates low to ensure economies continue to rebound out of the coronavirus recession. However, the bond market players see the big economic growth rates and the success of the vaccination programs globally, and they're thinking that a big economic boom is coming. So central banks will have to raise official interest rates faster than promised. The central banks won't lie down and let interest rates rise, but the question is how long can they keep rates down? That's why the stock market is getting a little nervous, because rising interest rates make stocks less attractive, and tech stocks like Tesla and Facebook were down overnight in the U.S., and the likes of Afterpay should get sold off today on the local market because when it comes to stocks, we play follow the leader, which is Wall Street. Talking about leading, what does that mean for our local interest rates then, Peter? It means that the Reserve Bank, which has a lot more power than a lot of other central banks, will keep fighting it, but it may well mean the promise of a three-year gap before rates rise could be shortened. Yeah, well said. Peter, thank you. Cheers. Time to sport now with Brett Thomas and Brett Collingwood coach Nathan Buckley has addressed the racism report for the first time. Yes, good morning, Tash. We haven't heard from Bucks since this report to drop late last, or actually was leaked to over January, but it was actually completed in December last year. So the first time we're hearing from Nathan Buckley. Now, he spoke to the AFL website, so it was a controlled environment. Says that he feels guilty for dismissing Hariti and Lumumba's claims of racism at Collingwood and spoke about a press conference he gave in uh, 2017 that he now regrets. 
He didn't actually apologise to Lumumba, though. I'm not sure if that was just an oversight on his behalf, but certainly that was one of the notable things that was lacking as he spoke to the AFL website, this interview dropping last night. And I've got to listen and learn. We've all got to listen and learn more to the experiences, acknowledge them rather than dismissing them. And, and there was a presser when I look back in 2017 that it was dismissive and I needed to be better than that. And now with Andrew Cracker, Leon Davis, a couple of Indigenous, former Indigenous stars coming forward to uh, share their stories, experiences of race racism at Collingwood. It was uh, too hard now uh, for the club to ignore and, and Nathan Buckley fin- uh, finally speaking. Yeah, good step forward. Long needed. Also today, Brett Australia has kept the T20 series against New Zealand alive. Yes, and thankfully Aaron Finch is back in form. His first half century in nearly six months, 69 off 44 last night. Uh, Glenn Maxwell, though, 70 off 31. The big show was on show in Wellington. Then Ashton Agar stepped up with the ball, didn't have a wicket uh, in the first two games of this T20 series against New Zealand. Well, boy, he uh, hit some form last night. Six for 30. Those are the best international figures for an Aussie male, and he was the man of the match. Yeah, it's nice. To, always nice to get some wickets, particularly when you go wicket list in the first two but I was lucky we had 200 on the board it always makes my job a lot easier um, and the boys bought beautifully up front so lucky to have a great team around me. So the Kiwis still leading that series 2-1 game four is tomorrow in Wellington. The NRL stars fear there could be a spike in injuries this season Brett. Yeah, that's uh, Clint Newton is the Players Association uh, Chief Executive. He's spoken to the Daily Telegraph uh, this morning. He says that they weren't properly consulted about all the rule changes that are coming through. We know the changes to the six-again rule and and rules around uh, the ruck and scrums as well, all designed to make the game faster. There are fears, as you said, that because of the increased speed and the little time they've had to prepare for it, that we could see uh, more injuries this season. So they just want to be consulted with the process that's going on and also have their concerns limited. listen to during the season if we we are able to um, say that if there's a lot of hamstring injuries or soft tissue injuries that that can be directly related to the increased speed of the game. So uh, the RLPA not too happy with head office at the moment. Yeah, indeed. Brett, thank you very much. Thanks, Tash. Checking the weather details around the country now for this Thursday morning. Brisbane, shower or two on the way, a top of 28. 27 and mostly sunny today for Sydney. Cloudy, 21 for Melbourne. Sunny and a top of 27 on the way this Thursday for Canberra. Possible morning shower and 21 for Hobart. Sunny and 26 today for Adelaide. Showers and a possible storm with 25 for Perth. Partly cloudy conditions and a top of 33 for Darwin. And country music superstar Dolly Parton is pulling out all the stops to encourage more people to get a COVID jab. The 75-year-old posted a photo of herself on Instagram getting the vaccine with the caption, Dolly gets a dose of her own medicine. Now, Dolly helped fund the Moderna vaccine with her making a personal donation of $1 million last year. She's even posted a video of herself singing, changing the lyrics to her iconic hit Jolene to make sure the message it's home. It goes, <clears throat> vaccine, 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 vaccine. I'm begging of you, please don't hesitate. Vaccine, 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 vaccine. Because once you're dead, then that's a bit too late. <laughs> Love it. Well done, Dolly. And that's all you need to know to start your day with your morning agenda in your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning. You can also catch the latest episode in a whole new world of audio by downloading the new listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day and we look forward to seeing you tomorrow.
listener.